Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlyle, and my usual cohort, Trip Mitchell, as you can see, is not sitting there. We don't even have a chair for him. As you know, Trip and I are both recovering alcoholics. The sad news today is that Trip relapsed, and he's at a bar. Everybody's looking now. That's a joke. That's a joke. Trip's not going to appreciate that. He will be back for next week's program. Uh, but, of course, when we're talking about recovery and, and addiction, that, that happens frequently with people. Uh, my, my guest is C.J. Armstrong. Welcome, C.J. Hi, how's it going? Uh, and he is one of our, as, as I said, this, this podcast is about stories about addiction and recovery. And you are a prime example of both, right? Yes, that's you know, so, true. Let's start out, right? I, I, I hate to always start out with the bad, but that's that sort that's of kinda, sucks yeah. people in because they want to know what, what you did to get into the Odyssey program and then what you're doing now. So let's start with, with uh, what your past life, how you, how you came to Odyssey. Um, it was just a lot of running from my problems. Uh, Which were? Well, drama with my son's mom. She wasn't letting me see my son. Plus, I already had legal troubles. Uh, I had been caught with couple different paraphernalia charges and then uh and so I ended up moving up to Salt Lake with my dad. My dad was in addiction, that like he was in active addiction. And <clears throat> he didn't help any. He he kinda, you know, put put dope in my hand. If you need money, here's a way to really? get it. Yeah. And uh that's so a, that's a heck of a parenting trait, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Something you're not going to do yeah. with your kids. No, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely not. So, so if you would, I mean, so if you needed money to buy dope, he he'd give it to you. Well, he well he 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 give me dope so I could sell it, so I could make more, so I could have my own dope. So. What what age are we talking about? Um, this was recent. This was I was only 23. Um, that was when I started my drug use, um, like heavy. Drug use. And I had been smoking marijuana through uh, junior high and high school. I partied a little bit, but it, it didn't get super out of hand, uncontrollable until me and my son's mom split. And it was just that, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me. What was your drug of choice? Um, it was meth. It was meth. And then I, it, moved, it moved to meth and heroin, but it was... Always mainly meth. Yeah, I've, I've, we've, I've seen recent news stories that more and more people are checking into treatment, uh, claiming they use both meth and heroin. And I, I'm an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic, so I don't quite understand that. So heroin is a downer and meth's an upper. Why, why would you do both? Uh, sometimes you'd be way too, too high, you know. You'd be use too much meth and you're too up, so you needed to come down, so you'd use heroin kind of. Or vice well, yeah. versa, or, right? Yeah, vice versa. Kind of try to level yourself out. Um, but, like, I had grew up in it. Both my parents were active drug uh, drug addicts. My grandfather was a... He was a meth user. So, I grew up in it. Um, we were... You know, we were talking before the podcast whether addiction is genetic or a, a lifestyle <laughs> choice or both. But it sounds like... What, what do you think? I I don't want to say it's genetic because I feel like that'd be kind of like pushing a, on a cop off. out. Yeah. yeah, pushing off on somebody else because it's my 
ultimate choice. Right. You know, not nobody gets to take that choice as my choice. But I would say the addictive tendencies, my addictive personalities, that would be a trait. That's what I would say would be a trait. Now, see, I, I, I traced my lineage and on the paternal side of my family for like four generations, all the males were alcoholics. Yeah. Uh, so, I, and the way I look at it, I don't know if you, how you feel about this, but I think, so I think I was predisposed to become an alcoholic yeah. if I drank, okay? And, and whereas somebody else could be a, quote, normal drinker and, and not go yeah, way off the deep end yeah. like I did. Uh, and so I think there is a, a combination of, of genetics as well as Definitely. as well as your choices. You're right, because we all have, you can blame it. I can say it went back 10 generations of alcoholics, but I'm still the one who decided to drink. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, why, that's why I didn't want to quite put the addiction part on, you know, genetics, but the addictive personality, definitely, because, I mean, I could be... Addicted to gambling. My dad's addicted to gambling and drugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like addiction. I could be, you know, yeah. gambling addict or whatever. There's so many different things you could be addicted to besides drugs. But I think that would be, I'd get that. That would be a trait. So, so what was your, we, in, in, uh, Trip and I and Lee, who's behind the camera, uh, go to AA. And at AA meetings, we talk about hitting rock bottom. Did you ever hit a rock bottom? Um, I would, I don't, as rock bottom as I could get at that moment, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could hit, go further now, you know, <laughs> but at that moment, yeah, I, I would say that was my rock bottom. I was, I didn't really have a place to go. I was kind of, you know, couch surfing. Um, I wasn't able to see my son. My whole family had turned on me, uh. I was way underweight, like I had nothing, like I was... And you're pretty buff now. Yeah, I'm, yeah I've gained a lot of weight since then. Um, but yeah, I was just, I that was, I had nothing. I would consider that my rock bottom. I was pretty much homeless on the street. I mean, I had people that would, they used and I would have something they want, so they would right. kind of stay there, but being homeless on the street with nothing. Um, what but, got me... Go ahead. But people... People watching this, we do have people who are not addicted to anything watching these yeah. podcasts, and and, um, and and I've I've often had long conversations with people who don't understand addiction. Why why in the first place would you? Okay, you were smoking pot as a kid growing up. You get high. You know, that's the point of it. And my point was drinking when I was a kid to get high. Why do you why do you use drugs? I mean, that's a deep question, and it's pretty hard to figure out. I think everybody would have a different answer, but for me, I think it was the numbing part. Now, I'm I'm a I'm an emotional person as it is. Like I feel my emotions, and I like I enjoy that. I like that because then I, you know, I get to feel everything that comes with that. But there are some emotions that I just didn't want to feel anymore. I was just tired of that. I the abandonment piece. I had felt like everybody had turned on me. When I split with my son's mom, my little brother was fighting with me because I was fighting with her. You know, and I was already on bad terms with my family trying to build because of uh, past relationships and past choices. And it wasn't even nothing with drugs or, you know, but just bad choices I made. And, it, and it's stuff you didn't want to yeah. think about. Yeah, right? and I, I just felt completely alone, you know, and I 
that was where the addictive personality came in and it was there in front of me. I mainly moved up, came out here to Salt Lake just because I needed somewhere to go. So I, I came out here to see my dad. I knew he was out here, so I came out here just searching for my dad for help. You know what I mean? Like a normal kid would do, looking for their parent for help, guidance. And, and, and your dad says, it, yeah. here, have some dope kids. I didn't so. know that he was in active addiction, but he had somewhere I could stay for the moment. Right. So I did, and it kind of just... It was in front of me. I already felt like worthless, horrible. I had low self-worth issues at the time, and I just gave up. A lot of people don't understand, and I mean, I can speak for myself, that there's a lot of shame associated with it. And you don't feel good about... Nobody's. Pr- I think I can speak for everybody. Nobody's proud of the fact that, hey, I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict. I mean, and, and you don't want to share it with people. You don't want people to know, necessarily. Definitely. I've I've tried to be more open about uh who i am because i mean that's my past makes me who i am so where i've what i've been through if the person that i'm telling that to doesn't like that then i'm sorry you know what i mean i'm just being up front knowing letting you know where i come from but i do get that there's certain times where i'm like oh should i let this person know will it you know damage what right. i'm trying to build what and so i are you I single that. now no, I'm dating somebody at the moment. Now, um, when you when you date, so I've always had this problem. I'm single. I went through four wives. Uh, when you date someone, do you, do you tell them right off? You say, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a recovering addict" or "I'm a recovering alcoholic." What do you do? Um, I maybe not right out. But oh, nice to meet you, Debbie. Yeah, I'm a recovering right. addict. Right. Um, yeah. But I I don't know. That's kind of just like the the building of seeing where it'll go. Whether it's just you know, a couple couple dates, or if I'm trying to, you know, actually build something with the person. If if I'm, you know, if I'm going to try to date them for a long period of time, then definitely they're going to know. You know, for at least after the first, you know, week or two that we've been talking, I know it's kind of consistent. Yeah. What kind of response do you get? I, I I've had varying responses. You know, some people will just sort of look at you and 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 not want to go out with you again, or yeah. Or whatever. What kind of responses have you gotten? Um, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of dating. Uh, after I left Odyssey House, I was already dating somebody. I We ended that, and I just kind of worked on me and just was trying to learn to love me. So I, was, I just recently started dating somebody, but I had already met her through um, uh, this program I did. Work, work is the way. I did this program when I was in Odyssey, and I met this chef. She's amazing. Chef Gloria, um, and her granddaughter came in and was kind of like testing the food and whatnot, and I met her through that way, so. So she knew. She already knew, yeah. yeah she already uh, knew who I was, her family, you know, knew where I'd been through, so it was kind of already, I didn't have to worry about that. If you're watching, uh, addiction is a very complicated and lifelong disease that, yes. that, that many of us are trying to deal with. Uh, we're not trying to push Odyssey House on people because there's a million different ways to get Definitely. sober uh, for recovery. But if you are interested, if you want to give a call, uh, the number is 801-322-3222. And, that, and by calling, it doesn't mean you know you call up and they say, okay, you're in Odyssey. Uh, you, you can ask any questions you want about our program or, or even go to our, our website, which is odysseyhouse.org. And it'll explain our program. Um, and, and most treatment centers have, have, have an explanation of, of the program, how it works, how long it goes, that kind of stuff, how much it costs. 
Uh, and the, the one thing I would say that, that I'm sort of proud about working at Odyssey now is that I can, we can honestly say that we can take you into our program regardless of your ability to pay. We're going to find yeah, either through Medicaid or we accept all kinds of, we're in network with all insurances, or if you can't afford, if you can't get any kind of funding, we will scholarship you. So, I mean, yes. that's it. That's it's, it's nice to be, because in the old days, people were prevented from going to treatment because of money. Yeah. You know? yeah. But that, now, if you can get anybody in, that, that's a good sign. Um, do, how far in are we? Maybe we'll take a break now. Because we've talked about the, the, the bad, the ugly, and we're going to talk about the good part because CJ has a really uplifting story that, that all of us at Odyssey are extremely proud of, and, and we'll get to that after we take this short commercial break. Welcome back to Odyssey House Journals. We are with CJ Armstrong, who is a graduate, you're a graduate of Odyssey, yes. right? Have you, have you walked yet or not? Yeah, I'm a graduate. I walked in uh, the last gala? Yep, the last gala, just barely. We, we, have, we have two galas a year, and graduating from Odyssey House is no small task. No. <laughs> How long have you been in the program? Uh, about two years yeah. total. Um, I, I came in from jail, and I did ten and a half months of inpatient treatment, and then I did like five or six um, for uh, outpatient, and then I was a graduate. People... People watching or when, when they call and they say, I have a son or a daughter that has a problem or anything, they'll say, how long is your program? And the explanation sounds like I'm, I'm trying to avoid an answer, but it, I, my answer is it all depends on how you do in the program. So Definitely. Yeah. Can you explain that? Because I, People don't understand because you see ads on TV. For some of the for-profits will say, 28 days and your life will be changed forever. Yeah. And you get to live in this posh place and have a masseuse and and a private chef and everything, but uh, uh, you know, overcoming addiction. You didn't. You didn't spend just twenty eight days becoming an addict. And, and that you, is the main know. piece I tell everybody. I'm like, because they're always talking about, oh, I've been here for you know two months or three months. I'm like, <laughs> how long did it take you to be to get here though? You know, like I twenty eight years of being an addict. You know, I'm being <laughs> recovering, whatnot. You know, I've always been and I grew up in it. It's behavior you know it's part of my behavior so it took me time to kind of change that what now somebody might ask okay if you how long did you say you were in residential ten and a half months okay ten and a half Almost months what in the world did you do for ten and a half months <laughs> to help you um man there's a lot of different things and there's a lot of different staff members that helped me when I was there but um I mainly I had to work on my low self-worth my abandonment issues and my codependency issues those were the main things that like kept popping up and kept you know, troubling me. I had different interventions for getting in trouble a couple of different times for breaking the rules. And, but that's, that's how you learn, you know, you learn from making the mistakes. Uh, eventually it, it paid off. It worked. What, uh, for people who have never dealt with the program, what are some of the rules? I mean, what's um, what? So they have the cardinal rules. Uh, yeah, no sex, no stealing, no fighting, no contraband or drugs, and then they have the uh, no knowledge of, which is knowledge of any of those other rules. So, in other words, if you see someone breaking those rules, and, yeah, and you, you have to. Yeah. yeah, if you don't say anything about it, then that is breaking 
with, which is an attempt to keep everybody clean in the therapeutic yeah. community. And at, at the time, they, the rules don't seem like they make too much sense, you know, but I don't know. It took me time before I realized why they were there. Still to this day, there's some of them that, you know, uh, slowly I'll understand them more and more. But there's just different things like low boundaries or... Uh, what does that mean? I mean, like low bound, like I have very low boundaries with women. I would let women treat me however or do whatever, you know, and I would always try to flirt and talk to them. And I don't know how to find, you know, more of a respect for myself and, and them and realize that I don't, I don't want to portray that type of image, you know, but it took time, you know. Is it, is it fair to say that one of the, my observation is, because I've been at Odyssey over two years now and I've followed a lot of people through the program, that the most successful people are people who have learned to love themselves first. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, it took, it was challenging because uh, like I said, I came out of Odyssey in a re- into a relationship um, after leaving a horrible relationship, right? You know, right. with my son's mom, we were toxic for each other. We're great now, you know, we're good as friends. But at that time, we were not good as, you know, partners. Super toxic relationship. I jumped into addiction. Uh, and then after addiction, I went straight into another relationship. And I, like, realized that. And so it was something that I kind of talked myself into. I was like, okay, I need to take a break and just worry about me. And so that's when I ended up ending things with her so that way I could just work work on me and figure out how to love myself and be happy with who I am. My, that was my problem was always a, a, a woman... Uh, having a woman who loved me or wanted me or whatever yeah. made me feel good about myself. And so I was always relying on that kind of input uh, to yeah. feel good. And, yeah. and when and, and it, it works so much better to feel good about yourself and then get into a relationship, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I tell people all the time, self-care is a, it's a, it's a big part of recovery. You know, being able to just take yourself out and, you know, and treat yourself and be happy with yourself, whether it's shopping and whatnot. You know, treat yourself. Nobody else is, you know, treat yourself. That's instead of worrying about trying to treat somebody else and be a relationship, I treat myself and be happy with myself. And you Because know, spend, you deserve good things. Definitely. Everybody yeah, does. Definitely. I spend a lot of time with my family now. That's that's mainly what I do. I get off work. I go home and I hang out with my aunt, my two cousins or my sister, get my son every weekend. So one of the one of the reasons one of the things I like about uh, Odyssey's program and a lot of other programs too uh, employ a lot of people uh, after they get out of the program to work in the program because it's a lot easier for if you if your drug of choice was was meth and you run into somebody else who's who's just entering the program and that's their drug of choice they'll listen to you a lot more than they will. Somebody, like if I walk in and I say, well, I have a PhD in psychiatry or something, yeah. they'll listen to you first. And yeah, it's uh, being able to relate to, you know, uh, the person that is checking in with you, you know, and talking to you. Um, I was lucky enough to have a lot of staff members there that were, did that for me. Um, even after I had left, I think I was a graduate and there was just a day I was, you know, I was feeling real low and was kind of wanting to use I started driving out to Salt Lake and auto, it kind of autopiloted straight to Odyssey House. And I went and checked in with some of the staff members there and it was it was good. It was what I needed. You know? We didn't tell you we put an autopilot on people's cars when yeah, you leave the I, program and you drive right, right back there. Yeah, you get stuck. Yeah, it, 
And, and we're really proud of CJ uh, because CJ is now, tell them about your job at Odyssey. Uh, An I'm, important one yeah, <laughs> for <I'm>, bellies. <laughs> definitely, yeah. I'm the new kitchen manager at the adult house downtown, um, and I love it. I was in the, the, the kitchen department when I was in, in the house, and so it's kind of comfortable. I already kind of know what's going on. I know how the, how the kitchen runs, and I know the rules of the program, so it kind of fit right in there easy. And people don't realize what a tough, what a tough job that is. I mean, how many people do you serve food to every day? Uh, usually, usually we serve. We I usually make food for about hundred people at least for each Maybe, meal. Yeah, for each meal, that's three meals a day. Plus, we do snack throughout the day a couple times. You know, so yeah, it's definitely a big job that. And and you and you 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 have to order the food ahead of time and, yep. and plan everything. Yep, we order. I order every week. Get I get the food at the end of the week and uh, kind of plan out the menu for you know the following week, and then you know we just have at it. We improvise a lot though. We have you know I, we have fun. I, the, I have a good crew. They they like to improvise, and I let them. They make good meals. And so. and people may not realize it because I've eaten lunch or dinner at your place and, yeah. and a lot of other of our other houses and and. Yeah, you may not like the program when you first go in. No, nobody who's an alcoholic or an addict yeah. likes going to a treatment program. But yeah. the food's very good. Yeah, and yeah. and most people say they gain a lot of weight while they're there. Definitely, I know I did. I I went in, came from jail, you know, working out, whatever. And as soon as I got there, I think I worked out for maybe a couple of weeks and stopped. I was just like, oh, yep, I'm just gonna eat. <laughs> but no, we have we have really good uh, kitchen managers at all of our facilities and. We we all try to make sure that we have decent meals for these guys. All right, the the house that he works at is on Sixth East uh, between First South and South Temple. Yep. Right. So if you ever, it's a blue and white house that has the Odyssey colors and it has a sign out front. But once a week, you'll drive by there and you'll see this whole line of there'll be a bunch of trucks pulled up there and a whole line of people. Yeah. And and the dining room and the kitchen is upstairs yeah. in this old house. So it's like, yeah. describe that. I mean, cause it's it gets hectic. It's it's fun. It's a, it's it's a good vibe for the most part. You know, it's it's kind of like family dinner. You know, or family lunch, whichever. Just meal. a huge family. Yeah, but everybody. I mean, because it's. We'll have uh, graduates come in, you know, to have some lunch with us. We sure. have different workers there working on certain things at the time. And, yeah, so we always have different people there. So that's why we make try to plan for other people coming. Recently we had a and, – and we're not talking just like Sloppy Joe's or spaghetti. Uh, recently we had a cook-off yeah. uh, involving – we have four residential facilities, so we'd have four kitchen managers, and they – and we, us poor people in administration had to had to sample yeah. all the food and wow. vote on it, which was a tough job. Right. Uh, but describe some of the. Yeah. You know, so they all put on their best. Their, they all came up with dishes to compete against each other, and describe some of the stuff we were eating. I mean, it was pretty exotic stuff. Oh, some of it I couldn't even name, and uh, I work with food. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, the, uh, they man, they had uh, they had chicken roulade there. Um, they had a bunch of different desserts. They had a cream puff, a couple different cheesecakes. We had a, a chocolate ganache. Uh, oh, man, it was good. And, and some dishes that had mussels. In yeah, there them. was mussels. Yeah, there was a dish with mussels. I, I think that was the Meadowbrook house. But I think they ended up winning, too. They had mussels in it with chicken roulade and then 
something else. It was it was, I mean, it was really good. We had lamb. People and we actually put a, a video up on our Odyssey House Facebook page showing yeah. uh, showing some of the dishes that were prepared and then all of us pigging out and then and then voting and and who won? Meadowbrook won. Yeah, I mean, Meadowbrook won first place. Mill Creek won second. Uh, Lighthouse got third, and then we got fourth. Wow. What what did you prepare? We made uh, we made a leg of lamb, marinated for we marinated it two days with shallots, garlic, um, a couple different other herbs, with in a in a Greek yogurt. They marinated that, and then we cooked it. Uh, we made the chocolate ganache um, tart, and then we made. Couscous, Israeli couscous yeah, with roasted yeah. vegetables. It it was great. It was we just didn't do we didn't presentation it right. Because <laughs> a couple of were, a couple were like a presentation yeah, like you might that, find yeah. it. Uh, we showed we showed up a little late and didn't have time to plate it all. Right. So we, they docked us points for that. And that probably impressed the judges just with the presentation. Oh, there were some of them where they had put the silverware on the plate and then dusted with cocoa dust and then pulled the silverware off yeah. so you could see the out. Oh man, it was. They they went around. It, it was fun. That's, that's yeah, a tough great. job that we do at Odyssey House is yeah. judging these guys for, on food. Yeah. So what's next for you? What do you do? You're not um, going to be the uh, the head chef guy at, at the adult house forever. What do you want to do next? Um, I I don't know. I've been putting a lot of thought towards that lately. Um, I I love Odyssey House. So seeing it, I'm thinking of maybe trying to go further in, in Odyssey. And if unless I move. To color California with my son, but if, if I don't, if I stay here, I want to go further with Odyssey. I love it. It helps keep me sober. I get to give back everything that I've learned. I get to help give back and bestow it on the other people that were in the same spot as me and need that help. You know, need somebody there. It's a good feeling, isn't yeah. it? Oh, it's great. It's yeah. great. I, I one of the one of the steps in AA is that you give back. Yeah, uh, and. And that's that's helped me a lot. Not to mention the fact when I worked in TV, every night after the ten o'clock news, they'd say, "Hey, let's go to the bar and drink." And I, not once in two years at Odyssey House has anybody at the end of the day said, "Let's go to a bar and drink." <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go have a few. No, that yeah. doesn't happen there. Uh, no, it's man, it's like it's an extension of my family, you know. And I always add on to my family. Everybody's my family, but that's what Odyssey is. Is I know. In my time of need, if I ever am in, you know, a hard place or I'm about to hit rock bottom or I've already hit it, Odyssey's always there to help me out. I've made so many different, not friendships, but family members through this program. Right. And any program can do that for you. You know, it doesn't have to be Odyssey, like I right. said. Yeah. But that was the one that worked for me, and I, I'm so thankful for it. We're proud of you, and, and I, I wish you really well in the future. And I hope you cook some more good stuff for another contest before <laughs> you ever leave the place. Definitely. So, and if you're interested in any information about about recovery, uh, just call the number 801-322-3222. And my cohort, Trip Mitchell, uh, if he ever comes out of the bar and sobers up, he'll be hopefully here next week. That's, of course, a joke if anybody just tuned in. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's happily sober as is Lee behind the camera. So we thank you for watching, and we'll see you again next week.